Hello and welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm your host, Ashley O, filling in for Simone, who's on vacation. And these are my co-hosts, Chelsea Stark. Hello. And Allegra Frank. Hello. Now, the three of us... <laughs> that sounded really aggressive. I'm sorry. Hello. <laughs> well, too bad. <laughs> um, the three of us have a, a, fun, a fun thing that we want to talk about, which is uh, the show Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Now, all three of us have seen it. And in case you don't know what it is, it's a show on Netflix. It features a very small, angelic Japanese woman who goes over to different people's houses, essentially showing them a life-changing method of tidying up. And it also helps uh, with your personal and emotional baggage. So I saw a couple episodes. I didn't get through the whole season um, but I know that we have uh, vastly different opinions on the show. Mm-hmm. So, Allegra, please tell me you didn't really like the show. I did not. Um, so I love reality shows. I love self-improvement shows. I love shows about destroying loved ones and your relationships and ruining your life. I love competitions. I love it all. But this one... So this one was very much in the self-improvement genre, which I think really can go either way. So I did not especially love um, how this was constructed. And I think a big part of it is that it's Netflix transplanting what I think is a very internationally appealing thing, which is Marie Kondo and her, you know, pretty simplified ways of like keeping your house clean and how that applies to your life, like all that philosophy. And then just putting it in the like shitty American self-improvement genre. Because even though I love all of that stuff, it is shitty. Like it's about shitty people who are gross, who are dirty. And I think this show is like predicated on that. But the thing is, it combines that like exploitative genre that we're okay with in America with the nice serenity of something like a terrace house, right? And so I was watching it, and, like, half of it is translated because Marie Kondo doesn't really speak a lot of English. And, like, I wish this show was just in Japanese. Like, that would feel more genuine to me versus it just felt like, you know, this family that kind of fights. And I watched the first episode. I have so many thoughts about the family. (laughs) Don't even worry. Yeah, I watched the first episode, and, like, their kids are brats. And even though they're not, like, the most aggressive or egregious example of, like, a bad reality show family, it still was just, like, I don't – this would be so weird and out of place in, like, a true reality show that would make sense for Marie Kondo. And, yeah, it just reminded me a lot of, like, this is why I love Terrace House because, like, it doesn't seem like a weird tonal mismatch for, like, the themes at play. Like, just imagine if Terrace House, which, I mean, I don't know if I need to give a lot of background, but it's, like, a Netflix reality show with a bunch of, like, young co-eds who all are employed as models. I was talking to my dad. He was watching it. And he's like, who's the girl who was a model? And I was like, all of them? <laughs> no, there was, there's the main, there, like, season one, there's one model. If you start, yeah, yeah. If you start at the front. But but yeah, he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but what is what is charming about Tara's house is that the drama is so low stakes. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not, it's not painful or serious. They And their drama is surrounding, like, small things. Like, right. who, ate his, who ate someone's beef and if they want to yeah. hold hands or not. Exactly. Uh, and then I felt like this was trying to tiptoe into the line of, like, is their dirtiness affecting their marriage? Which, 
I mean, yes, but I feel like Marie Kondo's just kind of there to be like, let me sort your paper mm. and teach you how to use a vacuum. Did you um, see past the first episode, though? I just watched the first episode. So okay. I could be totally wrong. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> I, I think, like, your statement about, uh, like, dirty, like, shitty people is definitely not true. I just saw an episode... Mm today about like a woman whose husband died nine months ago mm -hmm. that one was and really sweet it was yeah and she like could not bring herself to clean out like his study or the his side of the closet um in addition to like you know general other clutter that you have in the house and like uh though i do feel your i, I do share your sense of skepticism about like I think that it is very formulaic and that she does kind of come to everybody's house and more or less like says the same things and like yeah. you you know we see her like sh folding clothes the same way like every time she has to go to everyone's house and put their clothes on the bed it, it's like all the same and I think they I wish they had done it like and they kind I've seen so I think I've seen six episodes mm -hmm. so there is some variation where it's like one person has a bigger clothes problem and one person has a bigger papers problem because that's mm. a thing. Mm -hmm. But like I wish they'd just done like one clothes person, one kitchen person, like that way to like kind of break up the show and like teach more things maybe. Mm. I guess. I think I'm, like for, for them though, it's like a holistic experience. So everyone does have to go through like the same steps. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess the only difference is, right? Like, I mean, with some of them, definitely not all of them, like differences in maybe like personal backgrounds. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely like, the, I think the, sep the second episode was, uh, it was this married couple. Right. They were like, what, the second generation? Immigrants yeah. from Japan. Uh, but they had, like, all of this, oh, my God, this one rec room was filled with Christmas shit and, like, so many nutcrackers <laughs> and, like, so many very tall nutcrackers yeah. that were uh, a little disturbing to look at mm -hmm. and I, realize. But then you hear her, you know, reasoning for that. But. I really oh, I, I really liked that family and mm -hmm. couple. Uh, they were so sweet, and their son was so cute. I have a question. Yeah. So I started watching that one, and then I was like, I'm – gonna go to sleep now um okay but just in general uh for like that couple who have this christmas addiction i guess or like the couple the woman you were describing whose husband passed away does there is there also like a psycho psychological component like does mari try to understand it why do you have this kind of clutter because the sense i was getting was just like i'm in your house my interpreter, Rachel, is telling me that you're just dirty in these rooms and I will show you how to undirty them. But is she also getting at, like, why do you hold on to this she, stuff? I mean, she is, and also the confessionals get to that, too. Yeah. But I think she, just, like, kind of her her lightness of self kind of lets people open up, I think, a little bit. Because people mm -hmm. say a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, she's, like... It's almost like she is a good listener and a sounding board for these people to kind of get through their stuff. Yeah, but she's yeah. not trying to like probe them. No, but I don't no. think that that's not her style culturally yeah. either. So yeah, right. I think for her, uh, I totally agree with everything you said, Chelsea. I think that was a really good description of her. She's very much like somebody who. So she sees uh, Margie. This is the woman whose uh, husband passed Margie. away. Margie. Oh, Margie. My bad. <laughs> I could, no, uh, I couldn't handle that. That was her name. I'm sorry. I, I just like saw because it was like written out to M A R G I E. So no, I just she, said Margie. she said it in the when in, she was in the store. She's like, I have boxes for Margie, and I'm like. Whoa, I didn't know that was your name. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, well, so she was talking to Marie about it and, like, 
I think the the order, right, in which she wanted to do something was different because, I mean, that had to do a lot with her grief and, like, what she wanted to tackle emotionally. And, you know, Marie's advice was, like, usually she leaves the most uh, sentimental things, especially loved ones, things for last because, like, that does sort of – that uh, tackling that before you, she says, hone your sense of, like, what really does spark joy is um, – it's, like, not honed enough yet. Um so anyway, she she does sort of end up bending the the rules for her, um, but she doesn't like ever ask her, um, you know, anything about the nature of their marriage. She just asks like, you know, how was your husband? Like, oh, it seems like you remember him very much in this way. And she's very like accommodating. I think she tells her outright. She's like, you know, I am here to make your life more comfortable and you more comfortable. So a lot of it, you know, even though this woman is holding so much on to um, her husband's things and whatnot, you know, Marie's trying to emphasize like this is now also like your house too. And then this woman gradually begins to realize like she has never lived alone. So there's, yeah, like the paralyzing sense of like fear and sadness, but there's also like this sense of opening up at the end of like, oh, like, so I guess I can convert, you know, this room to however I want. Or um, Rick always cooked like this style with these spices, but like now I can kind of, I mean, it's hard to throw that stuff out, but then realize like how I want to cook and the stuff I want to do. So she does help facilitate that. And like anytime it looks like um, Margie is being, uh, you know, like is getting really emotional, like Marie doesn't make her feel uncomfortable. I think she very politely like steps back and is like, I will respect your process, whatever your emotional process is. Whenever and then I think like she leaves actually and she's like if you need me again just call me and then like I'll come back and help with this thing but I will leave the emotional dealing with you know to you which is good that you know in this sense that like also like you said Chelsea it's not even in her nature especially even like culturally like, to no. probe those things no. especially yeah. let alone on television no yeah. not at all um, whereas I feel like Americans sometimes might. <sighs> ham it up a little bit or do some probing or have some dramatic supercut. Who knows? Yeah. The two big things that I noticed the most is one, Marie always says, I love a mess because she like likes getting in there and fixing the thing, Mm -hmm. which I really love. And and she doesn't judge any of your choices on why something sparks joy and you want to keep it. Mm-hmm. Like it could be something that is a piece of trash and it start it sparks joy. It could be like your oldest radiest shirt and you're like, I love this thing. It makes me so happy to keep it. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't judge. And that's what I think is, I like I have watched you know one episode of Hoarders and I was like, I'm never watching this again. <laughs> See, I'm from the Hoarders school. I yeah. think <laughs> no, those people are too sad for me. Like it makes me genuinely sad. So yeah. I. I don't I don't want to like be a voyeur on their pain and this one it's mm. like okay these people are mm-hmm. like going through a nice process. I will yeah. say oh sorry um but just really quickly in the first episode I don't know if she does this in every episode but toward the beginning like before she really started like here's the process there was that part where she's like everyone just close your eyes for like a minute right and then literally I like was eating it or something and I looked up and I was like why is everything quiet and I look and they're just all silently she's got to greet the house yeah and I was like this is actually very calming and nice like as you were saying Ashley like 
most of these shows, a hoarder's type, would be hamming it up. And there would be some kind of dramatic sting of like, who's going to open their eyes first? And it was funny (laughs) because the dad, I think, at one point, like, opened his eyes and he was like, oh, wait, are we still doing this? Yeah. (laughs) It was still, like, very pleasant. I never know how to react. There's a, there's a, Episode three, I really like, too, because that's the family with, like, two 11-year-old and a 12-year-old. And they are transitioning from a huge house to a small apartment because they moved to L.A. for his musician work. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, also an extremely—the kids are so cute. Oh, my God. I love that family, Chelsea. I, I love that family. They're so cute. But you could see them all being like, do I look at her? Do yeah. I look at each other? Right, yeah. Who looks where in this oh. scene? And. And she's just, like, greeting the house. I love that episode. I was going to say related to that episode, that's that's the one where um, Marie actually tells um, the, the wife, Katrina, like, um, not to judge essentially, like, what her husband decides to keep, which is something, like, I guess you wouldn't normally think about it or seems ingrained, especially, like, in a family unit of, like, the, the mom or, like, the wife, essentially, right? There's, like, yeah. all this garbage and you're, you're trying to, like, get rid of stuff, right? And it's so easy to criticize a family member of like, why are you keeping that? Or you didn't throw out enough or all of this stuff. And I think for Marie to even step in, because it, it, I think it's so easy for us to adopt the expectation that it's like, oh, okay, well, it's all about getting rid of stuff and like as much stuff as possible. But it's like a little bit more nuanced than that. And I think it's kind of nice, like a little gentle nudge from Marie to be like, no, it's okay. Like just focus on your own stuff and like what makes you happy. Like don't even look at what your husband is like trying to keep. Just look at your own stuff. Yeah, It's not about being minimalist or living like a monk or having a capsule wardrobe or any of those things. It's about finding things that bring you joy so that everything you have has a place and that it's also something that makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that is like really cool and something that I, you know, is a nice thing to focus on. I feel like if I ever do this, which I want to someday, like it has to be when my roommate is like away for like a billion days because taking out everything from, I mean, like it's so strange because like I have such a small, small room, but it is like every tiny nook and cranny is like packed to the mm-hmm. brim with like, and even I've done this where like I've reevaluated a lot of the stuff in my room and have been like, I just, I don't, this is all like kind of junk. Like I don't need it, but always like right before I throw it into the trash or something, I'm just like, no, I can't. Like maybe there's a sentimental tie or I think there's like a lot of stuff of like birthday cards, Christmas cards that you feel bad throwing away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but you got to thank it. Yeah. I let it go. But not, I mean, that's that I'm a huge sentimental person too. It is hard for me to throw away like small things and I'm like to that I but I actually like read her book on Kendall last year mm-hmm. and did some a li, a, the clothes thing especially was really nice to do oh god the clothes thing I'm scared of so yeah for anyone who hasn't seen the show Marie tells you to take every piece of clothing you have and put it in like on your bed or in a common area so you can see all of the clothes you have at once, which is Ugh, in some lot. cases shocking. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty shocking stuff. And then you kind of go through one by one and pick up things and see like, does this make me, does this spark joy? Is this something I still wear? Is this something I still enjoy? And a lot of things you like then realize you're like, oh. No. Oh my God. I think my biggest fear with doing that is that in the end, what if I only have like four shirts and then I'm like, fuck, yeah. I have no clothes now. Yeah, I just imagine Shit. having to throw out like 
80 percent of my and, clothes and like even though it's like oh i love these clothes but it's like also on the other hand shit <laughs> I'd, I'd say honestly you should read the book because it actually gives you way more specific guidelines on like how to or watch her youtube channel because she has mm. that too and it gives you way more specific guidelines on how to sort things like based on things you need or the season of the year so it's like so you mm. don't feel like you have four shirts which yeah. was totally my worry too but her youtube channel is good her book was very it's like a i mean it's a really short read so is it? Yes. I have it on my Kindle, and I feel like I've been reading it for 80 years. <laughs> I thought it was short. I feel like you could read the book in the time it takes to watch two episodes of this show. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I skim. I I've been reading it for 80 years. I don't know. <laughs> so, this was your Spiro thing. So you've, been reading that bo- you've been reading that book for as long as Kingdom Hearts has been in development. Stop! Literally, it's the same thing with Ashley Jr. Racer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, on a, on a fun, lighter note, <laughs> well, somewhat related, right? I mean, I'm sure those clothes, putting those clothes on the bed is a fucking workout. Actually, right before I transition, transition into a larger segment, I'm going to have a, a horrible uh, anecdote that no one asked for. So <laughs> okay. with, with the clothes, right, that you, a lot of people are shocked and sometimes embarrassed by when they like put everything, you know, on their bed at once. In my old Park Slope apartment, it was very small and I had no closet. So I basically had one clothing rack to put on, like there was a dresser, but there was a clothing rack. It was very cheap. I kept having to replace it because the weight of the clothes would just like literally bend like cheap metal pipes and so one day I heard a horrible crash and this thing it it snapped it fell and like I could still sort of like prop it back up if I like leaned it and then you know taped it or something and me I remember like being pinned under the weight of these clothes. And this wasn't even all my clothes. This is just whatever I had hanging up. And, like, I actually had to call, like, yell to my roommate (laughs) for help because, like, I actually was not just strong enough to, like, get out of the pile. Wow. And, like, that was actually really shocking to me that, like, it wasn't like, oh, it was all your winter coats. It was just, like, a collection of, you know, maybe cardigans or, like, just, like, button-up shirts or something. But I just was, like, holy... This is too many. Why does this weigh so much? They're, they're just clothes. Wow. But um, yeah, don't yeah. get pinned under your clothing. <laughs> That's real. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> however, if I did, if I played fitness boxing like Allegra did, maybe I could have gotten out somewhat alive. Now tell me about fitness boxing because I don't know anyone who's played fitness boxing. Me neither. Um, Except for me and my roommate. So fitness boxing is a game by some random development studio, but Nintendo's like throwing its weight behind it. Um, probably sort of in the absence of like a Wii Fit type, right? We haven't had a Wii Fit since the Wii. Hmm. So they're sort of trying to position this as like, it's not exactly Wii Fit, but we got a fitness game. Mm-hmm. So fitness boxing is basically a a training program is sort of how it, it wants to be. Um, so you start the game and you put in like your height and weight. I was like, rude, rude. I don't know you. <laughs> so I literally just did the default. That's so much pressure. I was like, I don't know. I, I'm not. Yeah, I would have actually said aloud to the TV, like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I was with my roommate and I was like, we're not doing this. We're not having this conversation right now. Just press A. She was like, okay. Okay. Um, so you put in your height and weight and then they sort of like tailor 
your workout to that. So mine is not accurate, but whatever. And then you have a trainer whom you can choose between. Uh, the default is a woman named Martina. Um, Does she have a face? They all have faces. <gasps> they all look different. Um, does she we, look like a Wii Fit trainer or does no, she look like a real? They look like humans. Like they have actual detailed oh. faces. I do not like them. Um, Is it like Detroit become human face <laughs> detail? It's way worse. Like they're not I'm trying. Look up screenshots of this game. Yeah, look up Martina. But um, just Google Martina. There's okay. another girl who we liked better who just had like a really short skirt, and I was like, that seems not great to work out in, but I like your spunk. But anyway, so Martina basically kind of like talks you through. Okay, this is what you got to do. You got to start with stretching, and it's like timed. I think so. You kind of know how long you're doing everything for, mm-hmm. and you can choose between. 10-minute workouts, which includes the stretching at the beginning and the end, and then the middle would be, like, the actual boxing. and Or, like, I think the max is 40 minutes, but we just did a 10-minute. So... Are those uh, the trainers? Yes, Martina's the one in the middle. She has short brown hair. She she looks like a Pokemon Go. She does actually. Coach. The one next to her with the Whoa. blonde hair and the short skirt is my fave. I dead or alive. Name. Yeah, yeah. I look like dead or like one of them looks like a uh, Pokemon Go like character, and one of them looks like a dead or alive character, and one is really buff, and she's cool looking. Yeah. <laughs> And you can just choose between any of them. It's cool. I want. I obviously want the buff lady to teach me. Like, oh, you can also unlock outfits for them. Great. Um, that sounds very important. Yeah. So basically it like teaches you how to do the move. So you just follow the trainer on screen. Um, so she'll just be like, touch your toes or whatever. And then she's always like, good. Are you ready? Good. Are you like over and over? And it's like, okay, bench, I'm done. I'm done stretching. So you're holding, um, you're holding the. You hold the Joy-Cons. Um, and you can either use one or both, depending on how many people are playing. Got to use that wrist strap, right? I don't. I'm a rebel. So <laughs> then for the actual workout, though, um, you are actually, like, boxing. And that part was actually pretty fun. So the stretching was just, like, overly long. But the boxing, I mean, at the end of the day, it's basically shadow boxing, right? So there's jabs. There's hooks. There's just straights. Hmm. And she'll show you how to do each of them. The game actually opens with a tutorial that, like, walks you through all of those and then the workout like it's kind of um almost like a rhythm game where there's a line that shows what's coming up next Mm -hmm. like there's different icons indicating each move um and then you you can prep and like you have to hit it at the right time to get points um but i was like working up a sweat because you're basically doing that pretty quickly for five minutes straight of like Hmm. you're supposed to switch sides like turning and when you get in like deeper uh, there's squats you have to do or Whoa. whatever. Um, so you like jump down really quickly and then bounce back up and jab. Um, so I I wasn't a huge fan of the presentation because Martina literally the whole time was like, great, next. Are you ready? Great. And like my roommate just kept making fun of her. She was like, shut up, Martina. <laughs> um, but otherwise it was just like, no, this is legitimately like just shadow boxing in my living room. Is there a fun background music for you to work out to? Okay, so yes. So we played the co-op mode mostly because um, it was my roommate Sam and I. And that's like competitive. Um, and you can choose between different songs which I don't think have difficulty levels, but you basically like play one song to unlock another song. Are they like licensed? They're song? all licensed, but it's like karaoke instrumental tracks. Aww. So there's no vocals. So we played like Baby by Justin Bieber. 
Which was great because I was just singing along, but it's just like low rent baby. Yes, this is like one music. step above like a MIDI file. That's like yeah, yay. Yeah, so I would actually like, enjoy that. <laughs> it's like so low budget. It's kind of cute. And then we were working on Lock Call Me Maybe, which <laughs> was fun. Um, and but it, the choreography is actually pretty good. Like it matched up, especially with Call Me Maybe. Like wow. you start getting into a rhythm of it where it's like, That's yeah, cool. I just met you, and then you're like squatting, and it's like actually very well timed. That um, sounds fun. Yeah, I was really good at it. My roommate was not. I don't really understand the scoring because she was like, I threw way more punches than you. I was like, mm, you did more, and they were bad. I guess your form um, was not correct. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty. It's actually kind of fun. To play with people in the same way that Just Dance is fun to play with people because you're mm. just kind of moving around look like, looking like an idiot but everyone does mm -hmm. and this is better because the point is like exercising like it tells you how many like calories you burn which again was not accurate um, for me because I don't know what I said I think I said it was five feet are tall. you just like holding it and doing the exercises so it tracks yeah. like your movement and yeah. your height how sweaty yeah. did your joy cons get after that it was more my armpits that got sweaty, oh, okay. so the Joy-Cons were oh, fine. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, Wait, I'm just imagining, like, before you get ready for fitness boxing, you have, like, your workout gear, mm -hmm. and you put on you put your Joy-Cons on, but, like, instead of a boxing glove, you have, like, a latex glove <laughs> that you put on so you don't sweat all over your Joy-Cons. Bring back those Wiimote condoms that so, they used to have. Oh, I definitely had some. I was going to ask, actually, did you ever play Wii Fitness? Did you have Wii, Wii Fit? No, no Wii I Fit. never actually got to play it. I, I did and tried to use the balance board to, like, do yoga and stuff that seems such a weird like it was weird, weird but at the same time i was like i mean this is my whole entire life quest to never actually do exercise mm -hmm. but maybe sometimes i will attempt it for a week mm -hmm. uh and i did that like i was like doing warrior two yeah kind of like with one foot balanced on the balance board that's so weird it was weird what was the point i'm sorry of the wiimote condoms what what exactly was its main like marketed I, I, I purpose? I think it was like because when people would like accidentally throw their Wiimote at the screen, like this would help, you know. But also remember it. when the Motion Plus came out, sometimes you had to attach it. To, like you could just buy the Motion Plus and then buy the condom so that you just attach the Motion Plus to the top of the remote and didn't need the sensor bar. Oh, really? So sweat yeah. was not a factor no. in this. Okay. Just not just explicit. making sure. not explicit. It was not like sweat guard. <laughs> why didn't they? Why don't they make those? I don't know. My hands get warm. Sweat guards for like controllers. Ashley, don't talk about it too much because you can make this. Yeah, I was about to say you should get on those. Shit. Uh, <laughs> Strike that from the record. Yeah, just for, forget. Just for, just, just what you do is you 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 put your hands in uh, talc powder and yeah. then you dust I'm them like here, a gymnast, like dusting my hands. <laughs> and instead of getting on the balance beam, you're getting ready for fitness yeah. boxing. I mean, um, I guess like in some about fitness boxing is. I'm a bit of a gym rat. <laughs> I, I like going to the gym and I like doing shadow boxing. So like today I didn't go to the gym this morning because I woke up at 8 15. Um, and my legs are very sore. So maybe tonight I'll go home and just do some I just wish boxing. I could just magically have uh, like the desire of like, I love going to the gym. <laughs> I wish I had that. Me like too. every yeah. time I go to the gym or I'm like walking up to the locker room, I'm like, ugh. 
But you're right. Yeah. Like, I mean, afterwards, it's like you have a sense of accomplishment, which yeah. is nice. And, like, I think that's also good to just tucker yourself out. I just like exercising, I think, at night because I just get so drained mm-hmm. after. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I really wish that when I'm getting on that machine, I, I wish I was like, yeah, exercising. I always yeah. feel like a freaking idiot. I like know. I'm doing floor exercises and I'm waiting for someone <laughs> to come over and be like, excuse me, ma'am, that's not how you do it. Ma'am, your form is totally wrong. I don't know whose voice that is. But somebody is saying like, look at that girl. Her back's not straight. She's fucking, oh. fucking up her triceps. She's doing it wrong. I saw someone do like an inspirational tweet this weekend that was like, don't shame new people in the gym and please don't photograph them. And I was like, Oh, right. People do that now. Yeah. I never want to go back to the gym. No, no. don't tell me that. No. I don't think anyone in, I don't think anyone in Greenpoint does it. I feel like this is an a- LA problem. Probably, yeah, where everyone like looks the same. Yeah, like, exactly. Whatever at the gym. I mean, for me, I go to the gym with Jeff from Polygon, who's my neighbor. So it's kind of fun because like we walk there together and we can just have a conversation. It wake wakes me up. So I'm like, okay, it's 7 a.m. I'm talking to someone starting my day. And then I always have, like, little goals in mind. Even if it's just, like, oh, I want to listen to this episode of a podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it while I'm on the treadmill or whatever because I have that time. That's really nice. Yeah. So I'm, like, oh, cool. Like, I finished that episode today. I'm excited to listen to the next one. But I make that, like, my gym thing Mm. or, like, a new album or, you know, anything like that. And then also it's – I don't know. I just set those goal posts also with, like – Trying to get my form to be better or following some really dumb workout by someone named Christina Carlisle, which is a real person. She's cool. But like some crazy trainer like that where I'm like, this seems stupid. Let me try it. Oh, that was fun. Mm. That's, um, that's really nice. I yeah. You are like definitely – I'd put my inspiration poster of Allegra up and be like, look at her. <laughs> my <laughs> tiny doing bicep. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I – Remember when I made you feel my muscle? There isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I would say. Like, even with fitness boxing, the fact that I can unlock songs and outfits, like, just having a tiny thing like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go get Martina a new outfit. Maybe she'll be less annoying. Um, um, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your lovely gym tips. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. Um, Chelsea, speaking of Joy-Cons, Please. you mentioned NES Classic controller Joy-Cons. Yes. I've, what are, are those? Have you seen? They're basically a full-sized NES controller that you can slide on the Switch and charge like Joy-Cons. But are they, these the ones that I gave you? Whoa. No, I, I pre-ordered my oh, own. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, wait. No, that's an Etsy photo. But that sounds cool. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> no, they're basically they're like full-size NES controllers that work with all of the games for the NES, uh, like, what is it? What is it specifically called? It's if you like have the Nintendo Switch Online. NES yes, thank you. Thing. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you pay for Nintendo Switch Online, you can download this app that has a rotating amount of like NES cla- uh, kind of classic style games. So do you download those if it's rotating? Uh, no, or? you they like it's just like a menu, and you can just go in and then jump out of an, that game. And oh, it's yeah. really nice. Like it's, uh, I played a lot of stuff that I never played on the NES. I played. Uh, Sean and I played Tecmo Bowl, which is like the most eight-bit football ever. We oh, don't really, yeah. You don't really need to know football. You're just like, I, I'm going. I'm running. <laughs> I'm going. Um, are are those games different than any of the NES classics? Yeah. Like, there's some. Different. We played the Yoshi puzzle game. There's a Yoshi. I love that game. I didn't. Sean and I had never played it. And so it took me a while to figure it out. But it's like little bad guys drop down and you're trying to surround them with an egg. 
mm-hmm. that you can get a combo and an egg. Yeah, because you get the bottom part of an egg and a top part of piece of the egg, so you want to make them into the column. Oh, you want to make it an egg sandwich? Yeah, you want to make an egg sandwich full of Goombas. Oh, cute. Yeah, wow. And then Yoshi comes and eats the bad ones if you make an egg sandwich. <laughs> it's a really, a lot of people don't really like it because it is kind of weird, but I like it. I, it's an egg sandwich, assholes. What's not to like? <laughs> it's so good. So that game is on there. We played a fun little like shooty game called Twinbee. We were little mm-hmm. airplanes. Uh, and we played this puzzle game, uh, Lolo's something. I actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Adventure? But he's like Lolo's Adventure, and you're like a little blue blob person. And these are all games that I I had an NES, but I was six, and I I owned the games that my parents purchased for me. So I played Mario and Mario and The Little Mermaid. Ooh. Little Mermaid is extremely bad. Do not play that. <laughs> Sorry. Anti. It, I, well, there's a shark. It's the first boss. I could never beat it. The Little Mermaid fandom is going to be up in our inbox next oh, week. Oh, well. Oh, well. Effed up. Uh, they want to go where the hate mail is. <laughs> uh, I, but my point being is that like there's so many NES games I missed, and a lot of them are really cur- like well curated and really fun to play. And these controllers are really good, so it was it was like really nice. Do you That's- feel as though it makes a significant difference playing them with the NES controllers versus the well, Joy-Con? They're, they're the right size for your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can put two hands on an NES controller so much easier. I've played a lot of Dr. Mario um, with a Joy-Con. Yeah, with Holy the Joy Con, my friend was playing with a Pro controller, um, and like it's fine, but it it definitely is like not the genuine experience. It's hard. I also, I mean, like, I think that the I think the side Joy Con is like a really cool idea, but playing in marathon sessions is challenging. Mm-hmm. So these are ni- these are nice controllers, even if they are very single function. Right. These controllers, I'm sorry, are only specific to these NES games. They don't work. Otherwise, I don't know how they would because so, they're missing. Actually, what there's an art. I wrote a preview or an impressions um, on Polygon.com. Uh, you guys were both away, so it's okay that you didn't read it. Um, you were both on vacation or break, um, and I tried playing Super Smash Brothers and Octopath Traveler because that was just the only RPG I had right there, and Super Smash Brothers. Basically, it ma- it thinks that it's a pro controller, so it assumes that there are joysticks or oh, control no. sticks. So when you press the D-pad, which normally it would be like to move, it just makes you taunt the whole time. So ah. we just kept having taunt-offs because we couldn't really do anything. Well, you could, I guess, go into the Smash menu and then No, change. I tried. What? It literally would not let me remap it because it was like, oh, it's a pro controller. You have to use the control stick. So all I could do was map the, con- the D-pad so that it was jump. So then we just kept jumping. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> but then I tried for Octopath Traveler, which lets you, because it's like a 2.5D whatever RPG, and I could actually play the game for the most part because I could use the control pad to actually move. So you can, okay. it's just not perfect. Yeah. It's not perfect. But for games that are retro games or have yeah. only, because there's not extra buttons, there's two, there's A and B. I think this is just like a very much uh, gimmicky yes. extra Oh, yeah, it's thing. a hung- I mean, like, it does not sound like you are going to use this no. for more than. But no. it, was, it was basically a cool thing that yeah. I, I bought and that I'm a little ashamed of buying. I'm doubly ashamed because without communicating to each other, Sean and I each ordered a pair. Oh, really? <laughs> so, oh my uh, God. We wow. Have, that was dumb. That was That's dumb. Okay. But at the same time, I was born in 1984. It just like hits that little pleasure center of my. 
yeah. child Man, brain. like, I just feel like there is such an NES just craze, like, boom. It's on everything. I just feel like it's the fucking Harry Potter of oh, yeah. consoles right now. It's just like, look, NES on a pin, NES on a phone case, NES Joy-Cons, NES shirt, NES bath bomb. It's weird because I don't imagine people... Jesus Christ. I mean, like, someone Allegra's age didn't, unless your parents kept one and saved one, like, an NES is older, like, much older than you. I totally understand. Yeah. I just think that the the nostalgia in general has been beaten into oh, the yeah. ground yeah. with a horrible, cheap plywood plank. Um, <laughs> I don't disagree. I just, I was surprised that there were a lot of games that held up really well because mm. a lot of 8-bit stuff does and mm-hmm. the controls are simple and it's really easy to pick up and learn the mechanics right away. And that was the stuff that I liked. I think especially if you know that you are going to look forward to that rotating thing of games and you're like, you know, you're really invested in that, then, yeah, was, you know, it's a good addition to have. It, it's like, this is very much a small slice thing, but mm-hmm. I had a whole fun evening doing it. That's so nice. Yeah. It sparked joy. Did spark joy. Aww. It did spark joy. And, um, and Joy-Con. All right, I'm going to take a quick turn into controversy land. Oh my gosh, we're the just... end of the episode. Oh no, 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 because we're going to talk about something nice after, I promise. Okay. Um, I do have a lot of thoughts uh, on Overwatch. A lot has happened in Overwatch in the past week, like some very good and some very bad. It all seems like it happened months ago, but in fact, it happened last week. Um, I don't really like to talk about super controversial things on this show, but I think the whole Ellie controversy does deserve some uh, comment, and I w- I'm curious about uh, your thoughts as well. Yeah, can you... Can you do like a 30-second summary of the Ellie controversy? Yes. The Ellie controversy started when Second Wind announced that they uh, recruited someone uh, named Ellie to play North America Contenders, which is not quite Overwatch League. And, you know, they shared that that was the um, first, I guess, uh, female uh, North American contender person who's being signed but it turns out uh first it was an issue because we you know there were initial reports of she had to step down because there was an unexpected reaction from the community which was a lot of like backlash a lot of um you know doubting if this person is a person she's being boosted um you know, like, we don't see her face ever. We don't know her full name. Uh, like, her stream is super inconsistent. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot of outspoken, like, um, what the heck do you see what you've all done? And then it turned out that actually Ellie is not real. Um, well, Ellie is a 17-year-old girl, but that was not her playing. It was, I think, like, it was another veteran player, another, like, streamer had said that, oh, it's somebody named Punisher or uh, this like some other people were like boosting. It's unclear what was happening there. How does boosting, so does that mean that she would appear on stream and pretend to be holding a controller? Or well, boosting is just like somebody else is playing in your account oh. to like oh, okay. raise your um, rank. Oh, yeah. Um, and okay. so like the thing is, is that, you know, people got suspicious because, you know, they said that they were asking, you know, maybe questions or something and it would take her a really long time to respond. So there were a lot of like 
crackpot things, including like threats of like, we should dox this person because we need to find out if she's real, which is like, that's absolutely not a reasonable reaction whatsoever. It is not definitely never okay uh, to dox anyone. Ever, ever. Ever. Don't do it. It's mm. bad. So, uh, and then there was just, I think, like, just people's minds, including mine, just kept getting blown over and over and over of, like, okay, so this person isn't real. Okay, so it was a guy who said he did it as a social experiment, Mm -hmm. which launches into a lot of other things of, you know, like, oh, you wanted to experiment what it was like playing as a woman, you fucking asshole. But then... You know, there was even more to that. And, you know, there was, like, a questionable, I think, turn of events of, like, who in this situation looks good at the end of the day? It's not Second Wind, who, like, clearly they didn't know about. So they weren't complicit. They did not. They were fooled. No. I think they said they were in the process of, uh, like, a check, like a background check. But how do you. With Blizzard. Exactly. How do you announce someone and not do a, like, that's the thing that's. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense to me. Like, They're, how do you not ask for someone's, like, credentials, last name even? Right. Their excuse was that they needed a substitute, like, ASAP. And that I think, like, because it was winter, Esports like, a lot of whack. people are away. I don't know. There were, like, so many excuses on top of that. So, like, on the one hand, they don't look good. Um, and, like, it's embarrassing that it's, like, you can't even vet your players. And, two, I think... The, the really disappointing thing about this, aside from finding out that this person is a fake, is that, you know, now I feel like there's scrutiny for a lot of other women who wanted to maybe get to a place where this fictitious Ellie was, right? Yeah. So, I you know, whether or not, um, I don't know, if you're top tier or not, just like you don't always want to turn on your mic. So I feel like for any woman who wants to advance that high or even try to do that like with as little interaction as possible with your mic, which, you know, obviously I think like on the upper levels you really can't afford to uh, have your mic off. Yeah. But I I just, it's so disappointing, I think, in so many ways, especially like my first reaction to the whole thing was like, well, we already have – Gregory, who's in mm. the league. So it's not like it's like far fetched, right? And it, it, I just think, like, aside from her, whether or not she was a fake, like, the reaction to it is like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's still legit. And for people to be like, haha, like, joke's on you. But it's like, no, but it's not. Like, this is showing exactly what we're saying is wrong with mm. the community, with toxicity. And so. I think, like, they're just, it's a double whammy in so many ways, and it's very disappointing. But, um, you know, I think, like, the one sort of, I guess, I feel like we're getting scraps out of it at this point is sort of, you know, like, the solidarity of women in the community of, like, we want that to be, you know, even if that wasn't a fake, like, that should be still in the realm of possibility. And for it to sort of be dismissed now as like a hoax and especially a social experiment, which is, you know, is wildly offensive actually to be like, well, oh, I saw what it's like to be a a girl playing Overwatch at really high levels. Wow, it it really sucks. This Mm -hmm. guy's crazy. Uh, I'm done now. I'm going to go back. Bye is like... And, and and also in addition to doing that, that said person has said nothing else about the experience, which is like extremely reductive and mm. I think um, really disappointing. It's interesting because I feel as though this is a situation that 
is pretty deplorable. Like I I feel like there are some times where guys can be like, oh, haha, like of course a woman couldn't have been on there, like and using this as validation. But this is like so extra mm-hmm. that have you been seeing like guys coming out too saying, okay, this was unnecessary and like over the top pretending to be this young girl and then calling it a social experiment? Or you think guys have mostly been laughing it off? Um, I think a lot of people have, from what I've seen, uh, I think like across the board are like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. This was not, you know, I think like I've seen a couple of other players like even in the Overwatch League already just been like, ah, no. Yeah. This is not okay. And this is very bad. But I mean, of course, there's always going to be a very vocal part of the internet and the community as well, clearly, who will be against that no matter what. Um, And I think like to stop short at like, hey, we're laughing at these like people who got fooled into being offended is doing a disservice to bettering the community. And it's like if you're part of the community and you play the game, you have an obligation to, I don't know, make it not shitty for them, to make it good. Yeah. Right? Like you're not here to, I, I don't know, ruin like people's lives or anything like that. But like it just spirals out of control and it is really, really unfortunate and sad. And also like, like you said, esports is in a, uh, I think a more eloquent way is to say it is in a constant state of serious flux. Yeah. Yeah. I I think esports, you're, it's basically, it's like we in, in collapse the whole history of sports evolving to where it is now. And, and we're seeing this whole evolution very publicly Mm -hmm. with the added terribleness of the internet overall where it's like yeah it's going to be messy for a whole new freaking sport to come around Mm -hmm. but now and like professionalize when it was normally not so professional but we're unfortunately we have to see everything played out like this on a public stage Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think though the way it a lot of people's uh frustrations lie in like people are not going to take esports seriously they still aren't i mean I think that there's like a push and pull there of like, I do think esports has been getting more serious lately, definitely. But like, yeah, there's still a ways to go. But it is, of course, embarrassing to like have something ridiculous as this LA controversy. There are like so many other things that sure that will happen in, in the evolution and drama of like an organization. But this was so supremely unnecessary and dumb that it like kind of hampers, right? Just the idea of people who are investing and buying esports teams, people um, who want to take that seriously is, I don't know. There's like a setback because it's always like, one or two dumb people ruin it for so many people. Yeah, um, Very hard to not get discouraged. But I've also seen a lot of cool people who I now follow and uh, who um, are championing for a lot of bigger and greater things than that. And with that said, we are going to... Two, three minutes because we got we to gotta go. Okay. Yeah, sorry. With that said, we will... Probably leave the pleasant emails. Yeah. <laughs> for well, anyway, week. no more. We're so sorry, but um, no, I think that's a good thing to chew on about the state of esports, or not, or if you don't want to look at it anymore, <laughs> like me, then uh, just pff, 
I'm so glad you brought it up. I think it's really a good thing to discuss and like for us to talk about and and be like, it it sucks to have to to deal with it. But I think that just like saying, oh, this sucks. I don't want to look at it. Like we should Mm -hmm. talk about it. And you are ending on a positive note, right? Yeah. Like it is. I mean, I think that hopefully this will resolve other, you know, women's drive to just be like, you know what? Fuck you. I can do that. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get someone like that. Hell yeah. I'm going to stand whoever. Yes. Whoever that is. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to ask us a question, please email us at polygonshow at polygon.com. Um, and just a reminder, we are going to be at PodCon in Seattle, hey. January 19th to 20th. And the tickets are on sale for live attendance and remote. So please keep that in mind. Um, please please, please, please recommend this to your friends because we could always use more great reviews on Apple Podcasts, by the way. Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Thank you again for listening and this has been the Polygon Show. Bye.